don't think we're going to get through with this sermon today, so we'll probably uh, stop somewhere and, then, and put it with another one next week. I can just tell you, i got too much on my heart to probably not going to get through it. But we'll see what the Lord does. Foothold. Foothold. Oh, let me think. This is a good old muck boot with something in it. Ew. And you know, I don't, uh, when I go clean the horses' stalls, I don't wear these little brown shoes. I wear the muck boots. It's because I want a different foothold. I want to be able to be balanced better and don't want my other shoes all tore up and smelly and all that kind of stuff. So I put on the right, the right, book, right boot, the right shoe. If I'm going to, I don't run anymore. But if I'm going to run, I, I put on the right shoe. I do what the right thing I do. I put Because it gets me the right foothold in what I'm doing. But a lot of us like to try out different things. Even with our walk with God. We'll try one thing, then we'll try another, then we'll try something out. We just keep swapping boots, swapping shoes, thinking that this one's going to work or that one's going to work. And the problem is, until you get the correct foothold, until you get to understand who Jesus Christ is, to understand the cross, understand every aspect of that, you're going to continue to keep putting on different shoes, putting on whatever you put on to make it fit into your life. God's not going to fit into your life. You've got to fit into his life. Amen? And if you're not willing to put on the, the proper equipment to do the proper things that God calls us to do by his word, then you'll continue down that road and you'll quit, you'll give up, you'll move on. It just didn't work for me. Because you are not surrendering to what God asks us to surrender to. Um, I feel my heart, I'm just going to be honest with you, my heart's real heavy this morning. Um, Malachi means my messenger, which that's what we all are. I guess we best just get started and see what happens. Amen? I don't want to yell and scream a whole lot, but I'm, I'm, I've got a feeling. <laughs> you know, this, the world, how many of you kind of just sick of the world we live in right now? Yeah. I mean, some of us, we just do all the things we know to do, and we do, it, we do the best we can. We follow God, and we try to do everything we can, and we just look at the world around us, and we say, oh, my Lord, what's going to happen next? Well, open up your Bible. You can clearly see what's going to happen next. We've got good men and women protecting us and police officers and soldiers and everybody else that's protecting us. And I, I think the world of them. I just think the world of them. But as we, uh, as we go down this path to the end, we'll see brothers and sisters turning against each other even more and more because hate is what's taking over. But we don't have to go there. Amen? Amen. 
I don't have to go there. I may have a heavy heart because of the apathy and the things I see in the church and God's people and, and the things I see around me, but I do not have to go there. I can separate myself from that. I can make sure that my foothold is secure in the Lord. And I'm telling you, if you do not have that secure foothold, you will fall, you will fall. And in periods of times in your life, you're going to make mistakes, you're going to fall, but we don't have to live there. And that's, that's the great thing. Say, the, the world, that's all they've got. That's all they've got. And they're going to live there. But we have something so much higher. Amen? Amen. We don't have to do that. So foothold. Let's go ahead, John. Dear Heavenly Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I ask you to excite my heart, that your strength would just overpower us all, that your Holy Spirit would just come and lay upon us and, and, and strike whatever needs strike within our lives. Give me words of love and not words of hate. Give me words of concernment. Bring us joy through the Word of God this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. When you truly grasp the finish, when you truly grasp the finish, that's heaven, Jesus. When you, that's, that's where I'm heading. Jesus is my, that's, he's my king. He's my Lord. He's my Savior. That's where I'm going. That's my focus. And, of course, heaven is my home, not this planet Earth, not, not over here on 252. My home is in heaven. You no longer hesitate, but instead thrive. Amen. You start to, you see the things around the world, you see all these things, but you're, you're planted in that, in that perfect foothold, and you do not go with the world, but you thrive in Christ. And there's ways to get there, and, and one of the things we're going to talk about today is, some of the things we're going to talk about if we get there, is one of his finances, or, or money. And, and I'm not big on preaching on money and stuff like that. I, 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 my, my old jet sitting out in the backyard... I, might, you know, I don't have anything like that. I don't want anything. Like I don't care about that kind of stuff. But God cares about your heart. And he'll look at us sometime and he'll say, I hear you, but I don't see you. I hear the words you say to me, but I don't see it come through in the actions that you do. So when you truly grasp the finish, my home, heaven, you no longer hesitate, but you thrive. You thrive in God's word. You thrive. You may get down. You may get discouraged. You may have a lot of discomfort because of things around us, but you thrive anyway. Amen? You can't stay there. You know, the, some of the best ways to, to become, to have a life and become so secure in things is by failing. <laughs> You're, you know, the more you fail, the more you get secure because you keep learning what not to do. Amen? I've had to learn a whole lot of things what not to do to get secure in my walk with God, to get my secure in my life. This next principle, you need to write this one down. This was a, I love this one. If what I have achieved, in other, in other words, what I have achieved and I call friend, that could be my money, that could be uh, my family, it could be uh, job, school, it could be all kinds of things. It could be your friends, whatever you have achieved, in other words, whatever you have accumulated in life, the stuff in your life, that's what this box is, the stuff in your life, and you call it friend, in other words, you put it first, it is what you are all about. This is it. Now, I got that horse named Renegade, and I love my horse, but I also love my Harley, 
several other things, but I don't love any of it more than Christ. Amen? It doesn't take precedence over my life. They're my friends. I love it. They give me enjoyment. Even Vicky, where's Vicky? She gives me a great enjoyment, but she doesn't take precedence over my life. And if what I have achieved and call friend controls me, if it controls my life, I've got the wrong foothold. I'm, I'm relying on the things of the world, just stuff. Just let that go. I meant to do that. Just stuff instead of God. And every time something comes along to, to remove my stuff, I start to fall. I start to lose my foothold. I realize I've got the wrong shoe on. I've got the wrong... Everything is wrong because I've got the outlook in my heart wrong. So if what I've achieved, I call friend, controls me more than my commitment to God, then what I have achieved is not of God. It's of me. Do I get anything out of that? Does that make sense to you? Do you believe it? You know, I've had things in my life control me. But not any longer. I got away from those things. And, and we're going to be in Malachi today, and we're going to look at these apathetic Christians, we would call them today. And what they have, but what they have done is they've allowed the circumstances all around their lives, and they just think they're fine with God. But God's got something for them. He's not fine with them. You know, we can think we're just fine with God, we're doing everything fine, but what, is it, what happens if God's not fine with you? I'll read this one more time. I want you, you need to write this one down. If what I have achieved and call friend controls me more than my commitment to God, then what I have achieved is not of God but me. In Matthew 19, 21, we'll start here as one verse. We talk about the rich young ruler, and I'm only talking about this for just a minute. It's going to tie in later on. But we have a young man, a rich Young man. Somehow, either inherited a lot of money, somehow he's come up with all these riches, and he's going to go find Jesus on a road, and, and he's going to tell you, well, I, I've, I've kept all my commandments, all your commandments. I've done this, I've done this. And, and Jesus would question him, oh, I did all that. And so Jesus looked at him, and he says, well, here we go. And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, and that's what the man was saying he was, there's only one perfect and that's our Lord Jesus Christ. But he's saying he's perfect because he kept all the Ten Commandments. That's what he claimed. He had his foothold in all that stuff. See, some of us get our foothold and we're so good that that's good enough. Well, whose good are you going by? Yours or God's? And that's what this man was doing. He says, if you want to be perfect, go. Everybody read this for me. Sell what? Go ahead and read this for me. Sell See, Jesus knew what his problem was. It was his stuff. <laughs> it was the, his stuff in life, his money, his finances, his donkeys, his camels, his uh, billy goats, whatever he had, his sheep, whatever it was, his houses. It was his stuff that was controlling his life. Jesus saw right through it. Let me read one more time. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect... Go sell what you have and give to the poor and you will have treasures in heaven and come follow me. And he would not do it. I'm not going to go to the next verse, but he would not do it. It grieved his heart to even think about doing it. He had the wrong foothold. It's clearly seen here. Go ahead, please. 
I'm not going to show that clip. We're going to go on by it. Without a firm footing or foothold, we have nothing to be secure in. Everybody agree with that? This, this one don't do the job of this one. You got me? I've got to have the right foothold or nothing is secure. So many, so many people, like, you watch them all the time. I mean, you just watch them. I mean, these people killing people and police officers killing the wrong people and, and, and then trying to, other people trying to act like it's justice that they go out. What, what, what is that? That is crazy. That's insanity. It's the farthest that we've been away from God in this, in this country. It's the farthest we've ever been away from God. This book of Malachi was written in the, about 486 BC. I can't remember now. I lost, lost, lost my train of thought. 586 BC. And for the next 400 years after Malachi, there would not be a word from God for 400 years until John the Baptist come on the scene. Sometimes I think God's not talking to us anymore. But he is. He talks through the church. He talks through us. Some of us just aren't speaking the way he's called us to speak. And without a firm footing, we have nothing to be secure in. Malachi 3.6, this is your firm footing. For I am the Lord, and he's talking to his people, the Jews, but he's talking also to us now. For I am the Lord. You've got to understand, at this time frame, it was just, it's pretty much like we are. Almost identical if you look at it. They seem to not think they need God anymore, or they just want a, a, a form of God. Whatever form they have made up in their minds is fine. And they have bought the lie that, that whatever they want, God will agree with. They've bought into that, just like America's bought into that. Well, you've got to agree with it. You kids awake? For I am the Lord. Who is the Lord? Our Lord is the Lord. Amen? Say, I am the Lord. Say it. For I am the Lord. This is God speaking to you right now, young people, older people, everybody. For I am the Lord. Not your stuff, not what you think you've made up, but I am the Lord. And he's going to come down on, on, on Israel in a big way. And I'll tell you what, if he comes down on his people in a big way, what do you think he's going to do to us? What do you think is happening now? When God starts to remove his mercy, he starts to remove his love. And we pay no attention to it and let it go. You say, well, what do you got to do? I don't know. But buddy, I know to pray over it. And when God opens the door, we got to go. Amen? For I am the Lord. That's what he's saying to every one of you that are, that are thinking something different about God than what he is. He's telling you, I am the Lord. I do not, everybody say change. God doesn't change, we change. You know why God doesn't change? I've taught this before many times. You know why God doesn't change? He's perfect. You know what perfect means? There's no need for change. That's what perfect means. You do not need to change because there's, no, there's nothing that needs changed. It's perfect. And God asked that rich young leader, you want to be perfect? What do you want? He had to change. He couldn't be perfect, neither can we. For I am the Lord, I do not change. Therefore, you are not consumed. 
O sons of Jacob. In other words, we have this foothold in God that the world does not have to consume us. It only consumes us because we allow it to creep in and consume us. We allow it to take place in our lives. We shut off God. We throw the switch and say, I don't need you anymore. And darkness starts to overcome us and pretty soon there's nothing left but the dark. You know, you can go out to the road out here. Young people, listen to me. Wake up, some of you. You can go out to the road over out here and you go out there and you can look. You can look to the left and you can see it for maybe a, 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 a little while, a block or two, it looks pretty clear. And then all of a sudden you, you can't see anymore. It's just darkness. It's just darkness and you think, well, but you can see it a little bit and it looks so good. It looks so good to the nature, that sin nature we have. And you can look to the right and you can see it is so beautiful, so bright. And you, there, there's the distance, you, there's nothing blocking your view. You can see as far as the earth will allow you to see. It is beautiful, it's clear. And you look and you say, well, which way do I go, the left or the right? Do I go where I know everything is, is fine and, and beautiful? And I know I, I can be protected because I see everything. It looks wonderful. Or you look back to the left and you say, well, I can't see very far. I can see a half a block, but I wonder what's past the half a block. Well, I'll just think I'll go to the left. And you get down there, and there's nothing but more darkness and more darkness and more darkness. Why on earth do we continue to do that? Why do we do that? It's because we don't believe. We don't have the right foothold in God. For I am the Lord. I do not change I can just see Malachi crying this out to the people. They've come back from, from Babylon. They, Nehemiah, Ezra's all been through there. They've built the wall. They've built the temple. They're in place again. God's rebuilding them. And uh, years later, they start to get this apathetic life that God will just have to agree with everything they're doing because, after all, they're doing so well. God's surely blessing us. We're doing fine. But no, they're not. And we see it here. And God starts this warning, just like he starts it with us and throughout history. For I am the Lord, I do not change, therefore you are not consumed. You do not have to be consumed. But I'm going to tell you something, like I tell you continually. Every aspect of your life has got to agree with God's word. Amen? Is that too hard? Is, that, is it really so hard? Is that really so hard? You just look down that left side of the road where it's so dark and you keep going, or you look down the right side of the road and you see it's so clear and so beautiful, and you know you're okay, and all you have to do is just get on that road, open up the direction book, and go. Amen? It's just our map home. You know that? It's our map home. It's a map that, that directs our lives, that we don't have to have turmoil, and when things come in, it's like the world is destroying. We can turn back to the, to the great footing we have in Christ and know that we win in the end. Amen? Why is it so important? Are your families important to you? Then this should be important to you. Amen? For I am the Lord, I do not change. See, if the Lord changed, if people want to change God's word, which they do for many, I don't care what it's about these days, they just want to change God's word. So if this word changes, guess what? It's worth nothing. It's worth nothing because it was never perfect. So we can't change the word. If God doesn't like, a, if God hates divorce, if he hates abortions, 
if he hates homosexuality, if he hates gluttony, if he hates lying, if he hates adulterous things, if he hates those things, he's not going to change. We must change to him. And we can. Go ahead, please. What happens? What happens when the enemy looks like a friend? I mean, when you're, when you're enemies, I mean, you can't tell, you can't separate them. They look like a, it looks like a friend. Your, your, your money's controlling you. Your job's controlling you. Your kids are controlling everything you do. You just think everything's okay and it's your friend. You're, you're losing control. You're losing complete control of everything about you and what God wants to do in your life. And you think it's your friend. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Am I just, am I sp- somebody say something. Am I just speaking to myself today? We okay? I've had a lot of deep issues and thoughts over this this week. What happens when the enemy looks like my friend? I've been through that. I've been through that more than once in my life. I've had people come alongside me and want to be the best buddy in my life. You know what? They, they weren't. They were not. I've had job offers and different things all over the world, all over this country, thinking I should go out and do those jobs, get those jobs, because all that money is so great. And some of them God has protected me from. In fact, a lot of me has protected me from, from doing them. And then you think, well, why didn't I get that half a million dollar job? Man, that would have been good. But God said no. Trust God. Amen? You've got to trust him with everything. And if we don't learn how to trust God, we'll end up just like these people. In great turmoil and distress and thinking everything's fine. And it starts in here, we'll get into the word here in the middle about tithing. Tithing, we can either steal it or bring it. Amen? <laughs> See, if I want the right foothold for God, you say, well, I'll preach or don't talk about money. It's not about money. Get your mind off of that. It, I'm, I'm not a, it's not a, about me wanting a new jet. It's not about money. It's about the symptom. And the symptom is your money. The heart is the problem. Amen? Because God knew that these people had a problem with their stuff. He knew it. And he says, as long as their stuff is more important than me, they're never going to get right. They're never going to have the right foothold. So I'm going to send my servant Malachi, he's going to preach to them. He's going to warn them. He's going to tell them about the heart. And God says, I'm going to take the sword. I'm going to go right into their heart with it because that money is what motivates them, and he knew it. Amen? He knew it. But there were so many other things. There's so much deeper than that. That's just a symptom of a problem that is so deep within their lives, within our lives. So tithing, why do we tithe? Because it says so. The roadmap, home, it tells us to. From the beginning to the end, eight times in the New Testament, it tells us to do that. that not me. See, I got to tithe too. I do my part. See, if we want to have the, the foothold in God, I'm not... We're not, if I want to have the foothold in God, 
Then God says, let's start here. I'm going to hit you guys with it right off the bat. Not just this church, but his people and the whole world. Because if you're not getting this part right, back it up. Just back it up. Pack it up. Because your heart's not right. There's something wrong. I don't rely on your money. God takes care of me and everything else in this church. It's never about your money. It's about the heart. Amen? And don't get your mind thinking, well, somebody else will do it. Somebody else will do it. Oh, John Blackwell, he's rich. He'll take care of it. You know, sometimes, sometimes people get tired of taking care of everything. Quit thinking you're entitled to everything. My goodness. Tithing, we can either steal it or we bring it. Without the correct foothold in your life, your enemy can quickly become your what? I got that word bestie from Ashley. Without the correct foothold, without that firm foothold in Christ, in our life, our enemy can quickly become our bestie. (laughs) What you think doesn't control you can become what controls you. What you thought was your, your, oh, my retirement. (laughs) I'm going to be honest with you. If I think Social Security is my retirement and these folks and some of these young people are going to pay for it, I'm in trouble. I'm in a heap of trouble. If I think the world that we live in today, that these people, everybody thinks they're entitled to everything that I've got, and I think they're going to take care of me, I'm in trouble. If my foothold it is in that, oh, my goodness. Now, not all young people. I don't want to keep picking on young people. But it's, it's the whole world in general. It's the situation we're living in without the correct foothold. And see, the, can everybody agree with me this nation didn't have the correct foothold anymore? And I can tell you, we used to have the correct foothold. We used to have some, some preachers and churches and things that would just, oh my goodness. But somewhere about the 60s, we started losing all that. And come the 2016s, we're far beyond the 60s. We're in a worse shape now. You know, they may have been rioting and protesting back in the 60s. I used to watch it on TV, and they would start firing. But my goodness, there wasn't snipers killing cops. We have gone over the limit. Soldiers dying for no reason. But politicians with lies and cheat and theft. Why? Because we have separated God from our lives. And our enemy has become our bestie. So you say, well, how does a nation get like that? Because we get like that. And we are the nation. We are the people. Amen? Am I preaching too hard for you? Go ahead, please. I'm going to stop here in a minute. Enemy or friend? Enemy or friend? Enemy or friend? Are the people around you, are they really your friends? Are they really your enemy? Is the stuff around you, is it really your friend or is it really your enemy? Wow, you know, that, that's a tough thing we've got to deal with, isn't it? Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances. 
In other words, his truth, his laws. And they've been doing it for a long time. And this is, we've been a nation for what? How many, 250 years, 240 years? Man. Boy, we went quick, didn't we? And I have not, and have not kept them. You have gone away from my ordinances, and I have not kept them. Return to me. Return to me. I think that's what God's crying out today, isn't it? Return to me. Return to me. Man, it's pretty sad when he's asking the church to return to him. Return to me, and I will return to you. See there, look at that little verse there. Return to me, and I will return to you. What is that? What is that? What, what, all is, what all is that verse saying? Is it just saying those few words? What all is it involving? It's involving every aspect of your life. God will never return to you until you return to him. You flip that around. You say, well, I want God to come to me. Well, then you want to control God. You're trying, to, you're trying to control something you can't control. Yet from the days of your fathers, you have gone away from my ordinances and have not kept them. You continue to walk away from the word of God, from your direction book, from your Bible, basic instructions for before leaving earth. You've not kept them. And he cries out with them. And before he's, he's going to hit them hard here in a few minutes, and I'm, I'm going to stop. But he, he cries out with a, with a desperate thing. Return to me! Return to me! My people, return to me! You've lost your way. You've gone astray. Return to me. And I will return to you. But it's on God's terms. Amen? It's always on God's terms. Turn to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. And I'm going to, one more verse and I'm going to stop. But you said, in what way shall we return? That is the verse of arrogance. <laughs> that is so much arrogance in that verse. That, that's God's people. That's God's church. That's, the people are saying, I never left you, God. Can't you tell? I'm still here with you, God. All good. I never left you. But why did God tell them to return to me if they never left them? You know, arrogance is a, is a scary thing. You know that? It's, 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 it's insanity. It's insanity. We get people with, with the arrogance of thinking they can always do something better than the next person. They will always get by like that person ahead of them didn't make it. Oh, I can make it. I'll make it. Arrogance. And if you're that arrogant, I can tell you, you ain't nowhere close to God. Because your arrogance has become your bestie. It's, it's the best thing about you. It's what you're using so much. In America, we have become Arrogant. Our stuff and our, our material gains and everything we've got has become who we are. And it's not who we should be. 
Our love should be in Christ alone, amen? Young people, as you go off to camp, many of you got walls up going to the stars and back. You don't want to hear anything. You just do whatever you want to do. You have at it. But I'm going to tell you something. When you get done having at it, I'll be here for you. I'll grab a hold of you and I'll love you. I'll tell you the truth. I'll speak to you the truth and I'll take you back. But you're going to have to return to me. Amen? Some of you adults the same way. Have at it. And when you're ready to return to God, he's ready to return to you. Quit playing with God. We are in a time in this world that we, we have no time for apathy. We have no time for these things. I told you last week, we have got to be prepared to help people. And if we can't get past these little things, we're never going to be prepared to help. Some of you are going to have friends calling you as this world starts to crumble apart. They're going to know, oh, Heather goes to church. Oh, Josh got firefighters. They're going to say, Josh goes to church. I've seen a change in his life. I'm going to go question him. I'm going to go ask him what is taking place. And you'll be prepared to open up the word of God and say, this is what's going to take place. And you'll see it in your front yard if the Lord doesn't change things or doesn't come and get us. You're going to see it in your front yard. It's coming. You old preacher, quit shut up. It's not coming. Nothing's coming. Man, do you have a TV or radio or newspaper? Do you have your phone that tells you all the news? <laughs> it's coming. We don't have to deal with it. We just love through it. Amen? Just love through it. Help people. They're going to be coming to you. You need to help them. They're not going to understand what's going on. You've got to have your heart ready to help them. Grab a hold of a police officer and love them. Buy them a dinner. If you see a soldier, do something for them. My goodness, they're, they're the only thing that protects us from complete anarchy. And when they quit, we are in so much trouble. Love. Love takes work, doesn't it? Brooke, come on up. Love takes work. What's hate take? It doesn't take anything. Just hate. But love takes work. Where does love come from? God. Where does hate come from? Satan. Satan. When you see these things taking place, understand it's not from God, it's from Satan. And he's doing everything he can to destroy this world. And he wants your family, he wants you. But guess what? He can't have us. He can't have us. We'll take up this sermon uh, more as we go through next week, and I gotta, we'll tie another one in with it. It's just too much here. Uh, my heart's too heavy to, to go any further. But I want to tell you, some of you won't come back. Some of you will. <clears throat> Pray for our youth. Pray for the people sick, having surgeries. Pray your heart out. One of the most important things we can do as a church is start to pray for this nation more and more and more. Find out who your enemies are, not just people, but the things in your life. Find out what really is your enemy, although it looks like your bestie. Find out what that is. Start to separate yourself from that. God will help you when you need that.